Welcome to Explorers, Seekers of the Truth, episode 43. Tonight, as always, I am joined by my best friend and co-host, Les Sinkavich. Mm. How are you doing this evening, Les Sinkavich? <laughs> well, I am very good, my friend. How are you doing? Uh, not too bad. Not too bad here. That's good. I want to apologize in advance before we go any further. I was up really late last night, and I've been yawning throughout the entire pre-show <laughs> while talking to Chad. So if I have excessive yawning throughout tonight's show, I, uh, I, I apologize. It's just I'm tired. <laughs> well, I'm, you know, I'm doing pretty good tonight. So, you know, after it's been a long break, and I'm kind of excited to get back here on the stick and start steering this ship into the darkness and scariest places we can find to shed some light. Yeah, it has been a long break, and I, I, I wouldn't be doing my duty if anybody remembers. <laughs> I wouldn't be doing my duty if I didn't tell the audience where they could find us. And if I could remember where that information is, I'd be doing a lot better. You could find us at our website at www.explorersgroup.com. We are on Twitter at Explorers Group, on Facebook, facebook.com backslash Explorers Group. Uh, we are on Instagram backslash Explorers Group. And we are on iTunes. And uh, you could go on there and rate us so we could get a little bit of a bump up on uh, whatever it is there, the ratings, so that way we could be searched out more easily. So when you go on to iTunes, uh, search Explorer Seekers of the Truth. You can find our little part of the world there and give us a, some positive feedback, some ratings or whatever you want. Uh, we appreciate it greatly. So uh, that's about that for that. Okay. So I must give a public service announcement here tonight. <laughs> Les and I have not been on the air lately, and we'd like to address a few reasons and rumors to why. First, <laughs> despite constant accusations, we did not, in fact, have a sexual relationship with a succubus. Nope. We are just friends and enjoy long late night talks about the paranormal. Nothing more, nothing less. Not that is true. That is true. Secondly, Another rumor I'd like to put to bed this evening is we did not join a Mayan 2012 end of the world cult. It was an Aztec cult. It is a completely different thing, and we are a much cooler group than those people. I know, right? The least they could do is get the rumors right, you know? Jeez. Yeah. It's a wheel. It restarts at the other end. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <sighs> uh... Okay. So enough with the bad attempts at topical humor <laughs> Les and i have you know been very busy in our personal lives yes, and indeed. certain things certain things did take precedence over the show and you know for an instance on the explorers group side of things we did have a couple of opportunities to converse with several tv producers who were seeking new mm -hmm. talent for two upcoming paranormal shows mm -hmm. yeah. that will be aired on some well-known networks. So that was interesting and a fruitful experience mm -hmm. for us. Mm -hmm. So while all that has taken place, the few other projects we're working on to expand the media um, explorers media group network. Once we get things into a more manageable format, we'll roll that out to the public. So again, we apologize for all the silence, but 
please just know it, it's it's valid and, and we're working yeah. on some really some really neat stuff to work you know bring out and all that and yeah, we, we weren't intentionally avoiding anything <laughs> you know it's just yeah. life life is a fickle thing you know mm. and sometimes unfortunately personal lives overtake hobby life and uh hobby life can't have any more life and it's no fun not fair yeah so after saying all that we also just want to thank you guys all for the continued support we you know deeply appreciate your patience yeah. and yeah. you know i've talked to some of you guys on the side and stuff like that and we really do appreciate all of you mm. and you know Absolutely. we you know we do this all it's all self-funded we don't really ask anything of you guys you know that's we're, we're not like other shows where we have a Patreon and sign up for this and sign up for that. You know, we like to have fun. We do little contests when we can, you know? Yeah. So we're just working very hard and trying to think of ways to make what we provide better and more entertaining. So again, thank you guys for your patience and we're, we're working on some stuff. Just, we we're just not ready to kind of release that stuff yet. Yeah, and uh, like Chad had said, uh, you know, we were in the talks with two different production companies. We, we interviewed with two different casting directors, which was a very kind of uh, interesting and unique experience, like, like he had said. And uh, I think everything went really well. I mean, it was cool. I had fun doing it. I know Chad had fun doing it as well. Um, but, you know, we wish them all the best with their upcoming projects and stuff. And, and you know, we hope you guys will give them a chance and uh, give them some views, you know, and remember, you know, it is entertainment, but it does help to keep the interest of the research on the upswing. And, you know, sometimes different shows look for certain types of people and, uh, you know, we didn't get it this time, but it's still working. Yeah. I think the actual thing they said was we were just too damn handsome to be on television. Well, I didn't want to be the one to say, it. well, I, I didn't want to be the one to say. It. You know, well, you know, no you know, one can I'm, resist the Cinnabar. You know yeah. I mean? <laughs> I'm, I'm very braggadocious. That's what the report was. <laughs> yeah, so. that's right. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. You know, we live in a very interesting time because mass media no longer has a stranglehold on the information you can receive. So now mm -hmm. for some news. And I would just like to say this week, our news is brought to you by our friend at mm -hmm. the Beast of Britain. In case you yeah. haven't heard, our dear friend Andy McGrath, who's been on the show several times now, has a podcast mm -hmm. out. His new yep. website is up and running, which is www.beastofbritain.com. Mm -hmm. And that website was actually designed by my very talented co-host, Lesson Oh, go on. You're too kind. You're too kind. Such Such sweet words. So, you know, if you guys can check it out, I mean, Andy is a very interesting guy. You guys have all heard him here that listen to us on a regular basis. And he's interviewing, I think he's had several guests. I think every show he's had a guest on and he's gotten some very interesting shows out there. So if you get a chance, go check him out, you know, give him some feedback, let him know you're listening. Yeah. Yeah. And it's pretty cool because he, he does kind of the same format that Chad and I do, although most of our shows are Chad and I talking about different kind of, you know, topics of all things strange. And Andy's is kind of the same thing, but uh, he talks to, he, he does more one-on-one uh, -on -one interviews with some of the big names that are out there. He had Jeff Meldrum, he had Cliff Brackman, uh, Bobo, 
a bunch of other people in the Bigfoot world and the Nessie world. And uh, I think he did um, with the pterosaurs, like all, di all different kind of topics. So it's really, really cool. Uh, and again, like Chad said, we, we highly recommend that you go check him out. He's on YouTube, just, you know, search uh, Beasts of Britain and it's beastsofbritain.com, like Chad had said. You can check out his website and, you know, just let him know that we sent you there and, you know, say hi. So not that we're getting anything from him. He's just our friend. We want to pimp him out, I guess. Right? Yeah. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, Andy, Les, and I kind of talk probably at least once a week at some point or another, message each other back and forth. And, you know, Andy offers a different perspective from, you know, a lot of our audience who's here, you know, domestically in the U.S. So it kind of gives you a chance to hear a little more from Andy about Britain, about some of the cryptids in Britain. Plus he's also interviewing, like Les said, he just rattled off a list of people. You know, you're getting a good mix of different points of view. So like Les said, we do not get anything for doing that. Andy's just a close friend. And I'm, I heard a rumor that there may eventually be a uh, crossover show with the three of us. So mm, mm, yeah, yes. definitely please just, you know, give them a look, give them a listen. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So uh, we usually do an oddity of the week and um, I believe Chad had found one and uh, it's from mysteriousuniverse.org and it's, Another cool one right up the alley of, of uh, all of our topics. Um, footprints found maybe from, and I'm probably going to butcher the name. Is it Yukumar? U-C-U-M-A-R, the Argentine Bigfoot. So if anybody knows how to pronounce <laughs> that creature from Argentina, uh, I apologize for butchering it. So I'm just going to quick read through this for everybody in case you didn't see it. Uh, it's uh, written by Paul Seaburn, um, and it says, uh, Is there a cryptid uprising underway in Argentina? Hot on the heels of reports of a second murder in that country attributed to blood-removing chupacabra, which, yes, that, that region of the world is more commonly known for the chupacabra. A farmer in the mountainous Salta province in the northwestern part of Argentina has revealed large and unusual humanoid footprints of an equally large and unusual humanoid creature sus suspected of killing many of his farm animals. Residents of the town where the farm is located are blaming the strange killings on a Yukumar, which again, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, or Yukumar Zupai, the legendary Yeti Saltino, the Yeti or Bigfoot of Salta. So, it was there was a quote there that says the night before the appearance of the tracks we were struck by the crying of dogs barking and crying inconsolably we thought they were there were we thought they were thieves and the caregiver made some shots in the air to scare and to scare and after the shots the dogs immediately calmed down the strange thing is that when there are people the dogs usually bark they do not cry so Nelson Colk, owner of the Don Rosa farm, told El Tribuno de Salta on March 27th that he noticed some of his goats were missing the day after the crying dogs incident, which was a few weeks before he reported it. He and some others went into the mountains to look for them. The ground was still soft from the recent rains, and while looking for the goat tracks, they noticed the strange 
humanoid footprints in a number of areas. Fortunately, Colk uh, took pictures and was also and also measured them. Uh, we don't have the pictures to show you, but I'll, I will post the link in uh, the show notes afterwards so you guys can check it out. And it says, but it caught our attention, the size of the footprint. It was between 12 and 15 centimeters wide and about 25 or 30 centimeters long. Because of the proportion, the truth is that it is not a normal footprint. Not a normal footprint is an understatement. It was 4.75 to 5.9 inches wide and 9.8 to 11.8 inches long, much wider and somewhat longer than the average human footprint. The shape of the print and, the, and those measurements, along with the memory of a similar incident last year when a neighbor found a 44-pound pig torn apart, convinced him it was not a wild dog or a cougar, which are not known to be in that area anyway. Um, the El Tribunal report suggested it might be a, a Yukumar and quoted an origin and description of the mythical beast from historian, writer, and poet Carlos Jesus Miata. Um, I think that's how you pronounce it. Oh. This, is be, the, the, this being is a kind of hybrid between human and animals with a mixture of bear, man, and monkey. It arose according to the carnal uh, relations between compadres and comrades or between a patron and a servant where the sun was hidden in some forest or jungle and ended up living in the forest, and that is how the humanoid would have emerged. A bear-man-monkey relations. They sure know how to party in Argentina, but it's not the only description of the Yukumar. The Yukumar and Yukumare are names of the nearly extinct speckled bear, which is the only bear native of South America and primarily a vegetarian. As some say, the Yukumar is a hairy half-bear, half-human. In order for it to be a creature stealing goats from the Don Rosa farm, it would have to be taller than a speckled bear and have human feet. Although for anybody who knows anything about bear tracks, the hind foot or the hind foot pads of a bear are very similar to uh, humans when uh, you see them in the dirt. But uh, there have been previous sightings of the Salty Yeti, the El Tribunal reported about an alleged Yukumar back in 2010, the two men killed and beheaded the strange humanoid creature, and photos of its head had many fearing it was the Yukumar. Cooler attached heads prevailed and determined and determined the small creature was an ape, albeit not one of the, the monkeys natives to the area. Um, so it goes on to say, is the creature that made the footprints photographed by Nelson Kolk a monkey, a bear or bear-human or bear-monkey-human hybrid, a human with deformed feet, a fear of shoes, penchant for ghosts, or goats, uh, something else, we'll keep watching. And that is that for that of the Argentina Mystery Tracks. So I will I will paste the link in the comments for y'all to check out and enjoy. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. Um, I had seen sometime this week also about a uh, rash of chupacabra um attacks in honduras oh yeah i don't i yeah i didn't have time to actually read the article so i'm just kind of going off of headlines yeah. but it it was sometime recent so it's kind of interesting because it's going into fall you know in that part of the world so you know it's definitely something interesting all of a sudden all these you know animals are being eaten and drained of blood and stuff like that so 
maybe it hibernates. Chupacabra yeah. is a hibernator. Yeah, yeah, because usually in the fall is when most species start uh, storing their fat reserves and stuff like that. And again, I, well, not again, but I've I, I've stated many many times my geography or my my uh, knowledge of geography is absolutely horrible, and uh, I don't know much of the South American regions, uh, so I don't know if Argentina has areas or or species that um, do hibernate, but. That could be a possibility that they're trying to build up their fat reserves and whatnot and try and uh, prepare for their winter slumbers. I mean, there are that, that speckled bear. I mean, that, that could be a good, but it's a vegetarian. I don't know. I don't know. It was, yeah, because I was going to say the man monkey, was it man monkey ape? Mm-hmm. Man monkey. Man bear pig. <laughs> man bear pig. <laughs> Just to throw in the uh, South Park, because that's as soon as you read that, that's what I heard. I didn't, even <laughs> oh, hear, no. I didn't actually hear the combination you read. I heard "man bear pig," and I'm like, "Did did, did he just say man bear pig?" But <laughs> I knew I wasn't hearing what you said. I just heard something. <laughs> uh huh. And what was the other one from South Park that was kind of where was it Scuzzlebutt or something like that? Where it was Patrick Duffy was his right leg, and his left hand was the stock of celery. <laughs> <laughs> comedic genius those two i swear yeah and the figure so. what they're on like 20 some years now and people still find them funny <laughs> oh god yeah i they, i don't i being a father of very young children i i don't get to watch a lot of the shows that i used to back you know in my pre-fatherhood days but uh every now and again i'll sneak uh south park on and i'll I'll watch an episode or two, and it's still, I, mean, I still die from that, that show. It's, it's hysterical. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys saw this week, I had shared the SCU report on the Nimitz incident. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 270 pages. I intend to sit down and read it at some point when I need my eyelids to slam shut, but <laughs> I, I have yet to actually read it. So what it's are you talking about? That, that's a short read at the coffee shop. 270 pages. <laughs> 270 pages that probably reads like stereo instructions. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I truly do want to read it. It's just like I said, 270 pages between work, teaching, and, you know, doing other stuff. I mean, teaching. Yeah. <laughs> well, I try not to do that often. <laughs> Into 270 elbow, pages. My elbow hurts. <laughs> yeah but like chad said that scu report is uh on our facebook page it's i think it's pinned pretty close to the top so you don't have to do a lot of scrolling and searching so yeah and check it out it's definitely an interesting incident because we you know most of us have seen the video on the news and heard some of the reports but this is an actual you know the scientific coalition for ufo um ufo research so they're examining it you know, between eyewitness testimony, video analysis, audio analysis, you know, military reports, because they actually got some stuff from the Freedom of Information Act to compile this. So mm-hmm. it's definitely probably worth a read it when, you know, especially if you're really interested in UFOs. I think somebody, a group like the, you know, SCU is looking at stuff in a reasonable manner and providing you know, detailed analysis. It's not just some guy living in his basement with a tinfoil, you know, 
hat on telling you on a video about how this was a UFO and this proves it and that proves it. And these are actual scientific people examining footage and reports. So it's definitely you know, interesting. I make, I make one video with a tinfoil hat and you got to throw me under the bus like that. Well, you know, you were making a spaghetti and claiming it was alien life, okay? It was my, my colander hat. <laughs> yeah. You can't play Thor with a colander on your head, my friend. <laughs> I can play Thor with anything I want. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, now, I have another story, and I, I actually didn't send this to Wes, and I'm not going to read the whole story, but it's kind of interesting. There is a hotel in Oklahoma City. Um this uh skirt Cirque hotel it's in oklahoma city it's the hotel that the nba uses when teams come to oklahoma city to play basketball and every year pretty much you hear you have one person one nba player come out and talk about how this hotel is haunted so of course this year's candidate for this hotel is haunted is tim hardaway jr uh, some of you may remember his dad from playing with Golden State and stuff like that. I don't. Wow. My Siri just kicked on for some of Yeah, I heard reason. that. I was like, what? what is that? Is that my phone? Where's that coming from? The sad thought was it was searching Tim Hardaway Jr. and couldn't find anything. <laughs> Poor guy. Well, hey, that goes that goes back to um our uh geez, if I could if I could talk, I'd be better. It goes back to the one episode that we did on is uh, paranormal technology getting too too techno tech, too technical, and as we were saying about with the algorithms, right there you go, the phones yeah. always listening, always listening. Well, the, the funny thing is, I have the show on because I you know to respond to the comments, I have to have my phone open to do it mm -hmm. because otherwise Facebook knocks out my B Live feed. So mm -hmm. I don't, I haven't touched it. And Siri kicked on without being activated. Like I didn't say, "Hey Siri, she didn't come on." That oh, yeah, she just she came doesn't on. work when it's supposed. To oh, did it? Yeah, it just came on. But that was funny because I didn't even you know touch the phone or anything like that. And all of a sudden, it kicked on and was searching for Tim Hardaway. Hmm. But let me get back to the story. So Tim Hardaway, it's in the uh, Players Tribune, which is a um, like blog site for basketball players they kind of put out some stories and stuff like that and he talked about how they were staying at the hotel this year and you know of course they all stay at this hotel and it's always passed around and like he said the he's heard stories about the hotel before he actually spoke of uh meta world peace or ron artest whichever one you want to call him about his story, which came out a couple of years ago in the Players Tribune about being touched by this ghost in the hotel room. Mm. And basically, Ron or Meta World Peace was telling the story. And like Tim Hardaway said, he wasn't telling it like he was scared of what happened, but he also wasn't telling the story like he was joking about it. Like he yeah. was kind of straight shooting the story out. And so Tim Hardaway Jr. is staying in the hotel. And He's, you know, he goes to lay down, he turns off the TV, turns out the lights, and he has his wind, his uh, curtains open. Mm -hmm. So as soon as he lays down, he says, you know, he starts drifting off to sleep and he hears footsteps outside of his hotel door. 
course, he's thinking, I'm in a hotel. There's other people staying here. That's not uncommon. And then he said it, it was like he was hearing stuff in the wall, like he was hearing the screeching. And then after the screeching, he would hear like whispers, but he couldn't make out what they were saying to him. But he oh. kept hearing it. So he actually jumped up out of bed close the curtains and at that point he's in the story he says don't judge my methodology here he goes i was scared he closes the curtains and basically i guess just kind of stayed up most of the night but this um hotel everybody like like i said once a year these basketball players a story leaks out about how the hotel's haunted you know patrick ewing the former new york knicks i think he's the coach at georgetown now actually talked about the um hotel being haunted and my mom said i have to say hi mom i'm sorry <laughs> she's in the comments saying i have to say hi mom <laughs> hi mom i gotta acknowledge your mama yeah but so that hotel there i think that's a uh, one of those ones where i'll eventually like you know, so my wife went to school in Tulsa and stuff like that. And we plan on visiting a few of her friends in Tulsa. We might have to go to OKC for the night and stay in the hotel. So that hotel is frequented by NBA players. Yeah, it's in uh, downtown um, Oklahoma City and it's close to the arena. And it's one of the nicer hotels downtown. So they use the NBA uses it for like there's a team in Oklahoma. Oklahoma City. So when visiting teams come in, they have a hotel to stay in. That's the one they use. And what was the history on that? That would make it thought to be paranormal or the history. Well, there is a a story. Now it didn't actually it wasn't in this article, but it, it was brought up when I, you know, read some other ones. Basically, the man who lived in the hotel or owned the hotel at one point uh had a mistress that he kept in the hotel. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming it was the owner of the hotel kept his mistress in the hotel. She became, um, something happened and he ended up, I don't know if she was like trying to get him to leave his wife or was going to be go public with the information. And he threw her out a window mm-hmm. and like from like the 20th floor or something like that. So she ended up dying and it looked like she committed suicide. So that's one of the stories I've heard about the hotel. I'm not sure historically or factually how accurate that is, because I've also heard that similar story with other hotels. So I also have breaking news that happened like four hours ago. What's that? Zach Bagans tweeted that they caught another full body apparition during their lockdown last night. Ooh, I bet they did, and I bet they used those, uh, what are they called, the kinetic kinetic cameras? No, he actually said it was on full spectrum. Oh, really? Caught on a full Mm. spectrum cam, yeah. I mean, it is entertainment and all that, but I thought it was, you know, something worth sharing that maybe when we find out what episode it actually is, people might want to tune in, and then we can all sit here and debate what we think about it. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. Yeah, well, you know, it's probably just uh, one of their crewmen walking through the scene, and they forgot about it. And they just had the camera at a slow shutter speed. But what do I know? What do I well, that, that whatever I mean, works for TV. Yeah. Um, just to answer a question, yes, Chuck, we both have. Yeah. 
many times many times and actually together several of those times well what what we could only assume was i mean i I have no other explanation for it yeah usually when you see a little boy kneeling in front of a fireplace and then the little boy is gone and then you hear running up the steps but there's no little boy that's where i go with it (laughs) then you hear what sounds like a uh like a solid ball uh, roll across the the floor in the attic above you, and can't explain it. But yet, when we went up there, there were probably a dozen sizable holes in the floor that I, I I couldn't even imagine where this ball would have rolled long enough to create the duration of sound that we heard without falling into a hole. Yeah, Odd that's stuff. one thing. I, yeah, stuff. I think you and I had talked about that once before like on the phone or something like that like the amount of holes in that floor it kind of tripped me out the other day i was thinking about that i'm like there is no way a ball could have rolled that far counting we had to dodge holes in the attic floor just to get to the chairs that we took up there earlier yeah yeah it was not possible not possible i mean honestly with the sections that were not full of holes or other debris laying around on it. I still, there, there's no way that that could have rolled as far and as loud as it did, but you know, Hey, it's one of those things. And again, I, uh, when I was living in, in, uh, my, the last house that I owned in Shenandoah, uh, I had the same experience in the attic of that house where I would hear a sound that sounded like a pool ball hit the floor and then kind of roll across and then stop. And what really kind of validated that for me is my neighbor had commented a couple of times. She's like, do you have a pool table in your attic? Do you have a pool table? I'm like, no, why? She's like, well, I keep hearing these these sounds like, like a pool ball rolling. And she's like, do you have friends that come over during the day? I said, no, nobody should be in here when I'm gone or when I'm at work. So I, I don't I don't know what. And plus, there, there was a carpet up there too. So I don't know where this rolling sound would come from so i've heard that in multiple places yeah well the secret is less we used to roll up your carpet and just roll pool balls across your floor you know it's like when you don't answer your phone when i call you i just would sneak up there and just roll a pool ball across the floor and be like <laughs> yeah you're not gonna answer the phone i see you looking at it just for funsies right <laughs> it was just fun on my end <laughs> yeah yeah you're yes, down there glad handing and lollygagging around on your dang cell phone <laughs> well what can you do what can you do it is weird though you know all joking aside well, I think that comes from the uh, theory of paranormal pool ball rolling, <laughs> yeah, which yeah. I'm championing you know, now publicly. Um, I think that they like to play pool. Yeah. I mean, well, it's something to do. <laughs> well, when you have the rest of eternity, you got to keep yourself occupied. But what is also interesting, too, is uh, when when we got that for lack of better terms or definitions, puma sound or mountain lion sound, whatever it was. I still think that was really weird because we got that at the Haldeman, same place Mm -hmm. as Chad had said about that kid that we saw. Caught the same sound at the Elks Lodge in Tamaqua, Pennsylvania with uh, the other group that we had belonged to when we were down there with Prey. Mm -hmm. 
still have audio of it. And, and that we're, we'll have to put that. Well, the, the sound from the Haldeman is on our website, www.explorersgroup.com. You can go check that out on our evidence page. Um, I'll, I'll see if I could dig up the old audio clip. If I don't have it, I know uh, one of my old uh, teammates has it. Uh, I'll, I'll check with him and see if I could get it. And we could do kind of an apples to apples comparison and uh, see what you all think. Because I I couldn't explain it. It was just this weird, like that kind of, wow. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was the one guy that we had with us at the hall because when he talked, his voice sounded like a goddamn mountain lion. Yeah, but also then, like I found that in the uh, Hans Holzer book back in the '60s, that they had they had recorded something similar. Now I don't know um, if any of the Hans Holzer stuff would be available to the general public. Some of his recordings, I mean, it was probably done on reel to reel back then. Yeah, but. You know, they they actually searched outside of the home where they captured it. It had just snowed and they, you know, went with the natural conclusion of, oh, it's a mountain lion. It's a poom, you know, some kind of cat. Mm -hmm. They looked all around the outside of the house, you know, for a good distance in fresh snow and could not find any cat prints. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know how how many mountain lions are along the Susquehanna river right by a train track in the middle of the evening, you know, well, nighttime at that point. Cause until we got everything set up and all that mm -hmm. with the camera dropping and, um, pulling the DVR off the table and oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm, I'm just going through a list of nightmares I have. <laughs> that, that night sucked <laughs> according to, you know, according to Jim, per se but yeah. anyways let's get back onto the topic now tonight's topic is i don't want to say i don't know if it's so much a cryptid creature or a paranormal it's definitely not extraterrestrial at least i don't think so um we know but it's still kind of in the realm of strange and unusual i would say it's more of an urban legend or a folktale i guess wouldn't you say yeah, I would say urban legend, um, you know, folklore, urban legend. I mean, in that realm, yeah. Yeah. So tonight we're gonna we're gonna cover a topic that kind of has been circulating the internet for a while now, and uh, what we're talking about is the legend of the bunny man. Now, it is classified as an urban legend that originated from two incidences in Fairfax County, Virginia in 1970, but has been spread throughout the Washington, D.C. area as well. The legend has many variations. Most involve a man wearing a rabbit costume who attacks people with an axe or a small hatchet. Most of the stories occurred around, uh, how do you say, Col Colchester Overpass, a southern railway, railway overpass spanning Colchester Road near Clifton, Virginia, sometimes referred to as the Bunny Man Bridge. Versions of the legend vary in the Bunny Man's name, motives, weapons, victims, description of the bunny costume or lack of the bunny costume, and sometimes even his possible death, which is interesting. But some accounts, victims' bodies are mutilated, and in some variations, the Bunny Man's ghost or this aging specter 
is said to come out of his place of death each year on Halloween night to, I guess, kind of commemorate his passing, which is kind of unusual. Yeah, so the Fairfax County Public Library has a um, historian by the name of Brian L. Connolly who has um, extensively researched the legend of the bunny man. And he was able to locate two incidents of a man in a rabbit costume <laughs> threatening people with an ax. And these, um, they're, they're considered vandalism. Like there was no, no, these two cases, nobody is dead. It's just vandalism. And they basically occurred about a week apart in 1970s around the um, Burke, uh, Virginia area. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to read to you the first encounter here. The first incident was reported on the evening of October 19th, 1970 by U.S. Air Force. Are you? Yeah, I can talk tonight, too. <laughs> the U.S. Air Force Academy cadet. Robert Bennett and his fiance, who were visiting a relative on Guinea Road in Burke around midnight while returning from a football game, they reportedly parked their car in a field on Guinea Road to visit an uncle who lived across the street from where the car was parked. As they sat in the front seat with the motor running, they noticed moving outside the rear window. Moments later, the passenger's window was smashed and there was a white clad figure standing near the broken window. Bennett turned the car around while the man screamed at them about trespassing. And he was quoted as saying the bunny man was quoted in this story. You're on private property and I have your tags as they drove down the road. The couple discovered the hatchet on the car's floor later. Now, when the police requested a description of the man, Bennett insisted he was wearing a white suit with long bunny ears. However, Bennett's fiance contested their assailant did not have on bunny ears on his head, but was wearing. Okay. Yeah, I just turned around. The door was open behind me, but it, I think <laughs> my wife or the dog, one of the two just bounced off the door. I think she was getting dog food for him or pulling the thing so he couldn't get in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, technical difficulties, weird noises behind you. Mm -hmm. So to get back to this, the fiance said that the assailant was not wearing bunny ears on his head, but wearing a white conical hat of some sort. They both remember seeing his face clearly, but in the darkness could not determine his race. The police returned the hatchet to Bennett after examination. Bennett was required to report the incident upon his return to the Air Force Academy. Hmm. OK, so let's just start with this story. And okay. let's find all the little creepy details. <laughs> okay, they were That's parked. The fun part. They were parked on a road in a field across the street from where an uncle lived. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the one who usually isn't invited to the barbecues during the summer. Yeah. Um, you know, that kind of just sounds funny. That kind of sounds like an excuse for, oh, yeah, we were uh, making out in the car, or maybe trying to do something a little bit more. You know, he's probably <laughs> home from the academy, was a little revved up, and they were, you know, trying to get some Marvin Gaye music playing. And But, uh, what are you getting at? 
uh, I'm saying they were probably <laughs> fornicating. <laughs> but you know, the second thing that I find funny is the whole white conical hat dressed in yeah, all well, white. But but that that's what I don't know. Didn't he say that it had long bunny ears? Like, is well, he just go ahead? The, the man saw it and thought it had long bunny ears. The woman, his fiance, contested uh-huh. that it wasn't bunny ears, but a white conical hat. Now it is dark. Um, a white conical hat for anybody who maybe doesn't necessarily know what a white conical hat is. It would be one of those hats that you see in some of the brotherhoods in Europe, uh, religious orders that kind of goes up and is a cone, goes up to a point. Um, Also, probably maybe for more Americans would recognize it as the hat that KKK wears. Mm -hmm. Um, You are a dunce cap. Yeah. Dunce cap from back in those days, you know. You are in, you know, Virginia. Not saying it was, you know, necessarily... But, you know, it's a road. It's kind of out there. Did they maybe stumble on somebody coming back from a meeting and to scare the people away? He might have smashed a window. Mm -hmm. You know, because the whole you're on private property, like if it was some kind of psycho killer, they're not going to yell you're on private property and I have your tag numbers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, that just sounds like to me like they were out somewhere they weren't supposed to be mm-hmm. and somebody broke their window. He needs a reason why the window got broke. Yeah, throw the hatchet on the floor and say the man in the white bunny costume smashed my window. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just a, a pathetic cover up. Yeah, for two teenage kids out probably later than they were supposed to be doing yeah, just, just trying to get their freak on, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. I, and, and that's how urban legends are born in a lot of cases. You know what I mean? It was just a BS story that was made up. I mean, there was a story, uh, I guess down near Charlottesville, kind of close to where we grew up, uh, where this dude and his siblings used to make these serpentine, like, patterns in in the cornfields and they were large and people thought it was some sort of a giant snake or whatever and it circulated for a while from what he had said and he used to sit back laughing with his siblings thinking that was us we were just making these you know trails or these marks they used to make these designs in the cornfields and just messing around and then people thought it was some sort of giant snake or serpent or something that was in the cornfield. So, you know what I mean? One little white lie or, or one little, you know, twist of the truth and there is born your urban legend. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could probably, all of us could probably sit down and think of at least one urban legend from the area where we all grew up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that hard. Go on. Everybody could do it. <laughs> Everybody close your eyes. Yeah. The urban legend from your childhood. <laughs> you know, the thing Les uh, is really good at imitating voices. I am horrible at it, and yet I'm the one that does it all the time now. <laughs> yeah. Les, I, I'm, not as, I'm not as good as I used to be. 
That, let's just you need to stop way. lollygagging and glad handing over there and do some damn voices. <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, was his attempt at Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> what? All right, all right. The what? second reported sighting <laughs> occurred on the evening of October 29th, 1970, when construction security guard Paul Phillips approached a man standing on the porch of an unfinished home in Kings Park, West Guinea Row. Phillips said the man was wearing a gray, black, and white bunny costume and was about 20 years old, 5 foot 8 inches tall, and weighed approximately 175 pounds. The man began chopping at a porch post with a long-handled axe, saying, You're trespassing. If you come any closer, I'll chop off your head. The Fairfax County Police opened investigations into both incidents, but both were eventually closed for lack of evidence. In the weeks following the incidents, more than 50 people contacted the police, claiming to have seen the bunny man. I have a story from when... Um... My grandfather was still alive and my family owned a security agency and my grandfather had one security guard. He was a completely sane man, but he used to always like to just put the most crazy out there things in his daily reports. Mm -hmm. Like saw the pink elephant again today. It was heading to the garage from this area. He really just did it to see if anybody actually read the reports or if it was just like, okay, you know, nothing happened all weekend. We didn't get any, we didn't have to call the cops. So nobody's going to read it. But, um, you know, so he would put all this crazy stuff like the zebras, you know, I, I fed the zebras again this week and stuff like that. And my grandfather just thought it was the biggest, funniest thing in the world because, he would actually read all the reports and he would get a huge chuckle out of it. And basically the guy eventually just started doing it to make my grandfather laugh. Mm -hmm. Like he would just add the, you know, this, that, and the other thing, you know, and and I saw this. So, you know, I thought of that when the security guard story here on a construction site, because both Les and I have done security on construction sites. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know, Again, this whole you're trespassing, you know, that was the the first one was you're trespassing. I have your tags. This one is, you know, if you come any closer, I'll chop off your head. So to me, that almost makes me think was in the first news report. Did they did they mention the part about your trespassing? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so somebody's goofing around. You know, you got college kids, you got high school kids. This is about a 20 year old, five foot eight, you know, 175 pound, you know, young adult. Is it, you know, college kids playing a prank? Are they just, you know, doing this kind of stuff for fun? And then, you know, they take off laughing. The security guard calls the cops. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> Cindy has uh, an interesting uh, comment there, or a question, I should say. Uh, do you think most urban legends have some bit of truth to them? I think some of them could, for sure. You know what I mean? There, there's a, there's a, a few urban legends that uh, I recall that that I, I think could have some some sort of validity behind them. 
Well, I think most urban legends, um, I, I look at it more as folklore. Urban mm. legends is modern folklore. So I think a lot of folklore, there's usually a nugget of truth in those stories. Now, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've been criticized before because I've said like languages, why do certain, like, why do they have terms for certain things that don't exist? Because yeah. at some point somebody misidentified something and gave it a different name. Mm-hmm. So I kind of believe a lot of these stories do have, you know, a, a starting point that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, as we're going to talk about a little bit later, I, I did some research on some, the folklore and stuff like that and some information about this particular, you know, story. So I definitely do think there is a nugget of truth in there, you know, because these are actual reports that were investigated by the police. Now, like I said, could it be pranks, you know, teenage kids playing pranks, doing stuff like that? Is it you wandered upon the wrong area and these people, you know, the white conical hat, bunny ears, it's dark, there's a shadow, you see it as bunny ears from your angle, I see it as a hat because I'm closer. Right, right, right. So that's definitely, I think there is some kind of nugget of truth in there. And I actually, when I was looking at the Wikipedia for this, there were several newspapers, including the Washington Post, that reported the bunny man had eaten, um, bunny man had eaten a man's runaway cat. Post article mentioned this incidents or um and a few others like here's some of the titles that they use the man in bunny costume sought in fairfax which was in um october 22nd 1970 the rabbit reappears which is kind of funny because that's on halloween you know the pull rabbit out of the hat mm-hmm. make the rabbit you know disappear you know bunny man scene and i think uh, moon joey had said this one earlier bunny reports are multiplying well what's you know rabbits are kind of known for reproducing thank you Les. <laughs> just let me just let me hang out here for a minute by myself it's called dead Sorry, air thank I'm you for being it. distracted by some of the comments i am i do apologize yeah so you know like i said i did look into folklore and kind of you know basically folklore are these expressions of you know culture you know of a shared mm-hmm. group or and some of it, you know, it's it's tradition. Sometimes it's, you know, oral traditions like tales and proverbs and jokes that are passed down, you know, between a family or a, a village or something like that, or, you know, a community. So like we were mm. talking, that snake story, you know, it kind of gets passed down. Um, the vampires that live on the mountain outside of Cursona. Mm-hmm. That was, mm-hmm. you know, just a little tale that, you know, people used to tell in that part of, you know, Schuylkill County, you know, Pollock jokes. They're mm-hmm. kind of folklore where we're from, you know, a lot of it. And then you have like, you know, material things like the Blarney Stone and, you know, if you kiss it, it's good luck or, you know, certain items that people you know, say or good luck, like, you know, little Buddha statues or my grandmother was big into elephants with their trunk up. Um, that was a good luck sign. I don't know if it's some Asian culture or something like that. The depiction of elephants with their trunk up in the air is good luck. So 
that's another form of folklore. And then there's like, you know, customs, you know, your, your wedding rituals, your, you know, birth rituals, stuff like that. So, you know, Christmas is technically a customary lore, you know, folk dance and stuff like that. So, and, you know, urban legends are really just the modern genre of folklore, which if you think about it, like we consider them urban legends because they're happening more in our, our relative lifetimes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, usually like urban legends generally have that macabre kind of, you know, basis to them. And yeah, they're rooted in little pockets like, you know, bunny man bridge area in this part of, you know, Virginia and stuff like that. You have the goat man, which is another one, which is, you know, in the Maryland area. Mm-hmm. You know, these are kind of similar stories, but with variations on what it is or who it is and stuff like that. Yeah, the goat man was always weird because one of the uh, part of that lore was he would go around and hang urinals on telephone poles. Do you remember that one on the, the, the Maryland yeah. goat man? Yeah. Which I thought that was kind of odd. Like, what a random thing. You know what I mean? He he chases um, uh, young young lovers uh, out of their. I guess like like you were saying about the one report on the bunny man. Kids were parking, goes after, tries to you know bust through the car with a hatchet, and then you know after he scares them off, he'll go and hang a urinal on a telephone pole. <laughs> you know, just to to mark his his triumph, I guess. You know. Well, you know. In hockey, they have the Stanley Cup. In you know the NFL, they have the Super Bowl trophy. The NBA, they have that basketball trophy. I don't remember what that's called. I guess Goatman's trophy is urinals being hung. <laughs> yeah, the urinal cake cup or something. I don't know. Yeah, but uh, so anyway. there were. There was actually a girl who sat down and um, in the 1973 and basically her she was at the University of Maryland and she submitted her research paper. There are 54 variations on this. The two incidents that we read about here, Mm -hmm. there are 54 variations. Mm -hmm. So that's just, you know, it's one of those. You know, you tell it one way, I tell it a different way. What is the original story? What is the truth of that story? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's definitely been circulating in, in several forms for years. I think it's just, you know, a very, you know, interesting because it does kind of go with like the goat man, which is not that far away type story. You know, and I'm sure if we, you know, had some other people from other areas, they probably have a, something you know man or something like that that you know scares away it's the old hook hand you know caught in the car door when they pull away you know urban legend from the movie and stuff like that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know it's like that thing too remember when you were little like you would have a story uh or or you would say a sentence or something and whisper uh, down the valley yeah, yeah, whisper down the valley. And then by the time it gets to the end, it's something completely different or something that's v- very much more exaggerated. 
you know. So I think it's just one of those situations. Yeah. I I definitely think it's, you know, it, it's folklore at its best. It's modern American folklore. You know, it's the headless horseman of this region. I mean, the headless horseman, the Irish version is the Doolahan. It comes over from Europe, Irish communities, stuff like that. And all of a sudden we have a headless horseman story that, you know, gets shared around and becomes a, a, a famous story. Mm-hmm. You have the goat man, you have this, um, you know, you have stuff like the moth man, which, you know, depending on what side of the aisle you fall on a lot of this could just be an urban legend associated with that area. I tend to believe from, the research I've done on the Mothman and talking to Jeff Walmsley and, you know, talking to him about interviewing and living around the eyewitnesses and how they seem to carry that with them the rest of their life. I would kind of think of it more as a, um, a true or at least maybe a misidentified animal or creature, but something that did actually happen to these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and there's versions of the story naming, you know, a suspect in specific locations. Um, there was one post in 1990s by Timothy C. Forbes. That's, you know, this version of the story basically states that there was a site, an asylum near Clifton, Virginia, that was shut down to by uh, shut down due to a petition by the growing population of the residents in Fairfax County. And basically it's the old, they go to transfer the inmates. There's a bus crash and, you know, they escape and, you know, 10 inmates escape and a search search party finds all but one of them. You know, and basically they were finding half eaten and, you know, half cleaned and eaten carcasses of rabbits hanging from trees in the nearby forest. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that one, you know, is basically proven to be a falsehood. You know, the, there was never an actual asylum in that area until I don't think there's ever been an asylum in that area. You know, so you got a lot of stuff in this, you know, like you have that one, Oh, you know, appearing around Halloween. What is that? That's, the scariest time of year so let's make something you know in our area terrifying so kids go out to this area and you know look for the bunny man well same same sort of uh scenario in in weatherly is there's an old cemetery outside of town now again i I didn't grow up uh here but um people that i do know uh from around here they and they get varied stories too so again to that kind of thing is depending on who you talk to, there's a slight variant in, in the lore. Uh, mm. But one of the thing is on Halloween night, supposedly you climb to the top of the flagpole that's in the cemetery, and if you look down, you, you could see into a portal of, of hell, and it's supposedly um, haunted by a demon, which I do have a very interesting story about that. And when I was out with the previous group, we took uh, Neil, the one guy from the group, took a picture, random picture down the road. It was dark, pitch black out, and he just took a picture. And uh, when we looked closely at it, you could see, like, the head, shoulders, and most of the upper body of what looked like 
a human. And uh, after we enhanced it, we inverted the image and kind of reversed it into a negative, and you could clear as day see a humanoid figure. And after we enhanced it, behind it was this big circle. I don't know what you want to call it, but I'm like, well, if the story is it's haunted by a demon and there's a portal to hell, I think we caught both of them in that picture. <laughs> it was very <laughs> odd, very odd. Now, my question was, did you see head, shoulders, knees, and toes? Knees, knees and, and toes. toes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not eyes and ears and nose and mouth, just head, shoulders, knees, and toes. So you're saying it was a demon? An evil demon, yeah. So, but point point being is, you know, it's like like you said, it's the Halloween. Uh, there's always something that happens at Halloween with with most uh, lore and legend and stuff like that. So, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. So, just to give everybody a little safety warning, the Colchester overpass was built in 1906 near the site of Stanger station, a civil war era railroad station, which was once part of the orange and Alexandria railroad. Mm -hmm. Um, it is actually still a used train track and roadway. So if you're going to go to these areas, please be careful not to get hit by a train. It goes back to the old, um, the goat man in, uh, Louisville, Kentucky, that bridge, you, you know what I'm talking about? No. The, no. the Goldman Bridge? Yeah. In Louisville? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, like people don't realize that's still an operating train track, so this one is also. <laughs> um, so, you know, just be kind of careful if you do venture to some of these places. A lot of people... You know, you hear these stories and you kind of just think, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's no longer used or there's not going to be people out here. They said on Halloween of uh, 2011, over 200 people were out at this overpass, you know, looking for the goat or which one am I talking about? Goat man, rabbit, bunny man, bunny man. <laughs> I forgot where I was. I'm sorry. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while since I said bunny man. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. And, you know, 200 people. It's kind of like going to Sach Satch's Bridge, you uh -huh. know, on any given night of the year where there's like 800 people and you can't really do anything because people just keep walking around and starting conversations with you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because one of our side projects we're working on, we're trying to get video footage down there. And Jesus, we, we went down during the day, contaminated with tons of people. Went down there later in the evening, tons of people. Went down there at 3 o'clock in the morning. There were still tons of people. And no matter what time of year you try and time it, you, you just, all these areas that have some sort of a uh, freaky tail, you just you can't get it without contaminated contamination by other people yeah well last time we, you and i went down there at like 3 a.m we had that nice conversation with that young couple who was out yeah, for their yeah evening that was walk. pretty cool <laughs> yeah that was that was cool we, we met a lot of good people that night actually so yeah 
Yeah, we actually met that was a mom and her son that just had got into, you know, paranormal research and investigations. Mm -hmm. And it was like kind of their little like mom and son time out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, see, my mom wants to do stuff like that, but she's like, let's go to Pennhurst. And I'm like, mom, I don't know if that's a good one for you to like kind of jump into the game on. Hey, if you're going to go, if if you're going to do it, go big, right? Yeah, well, first of all, I don't want to have to go looking for my mom somewhere in a tunnel at Penhurst because my mom will get lost. I know it. <laughs> Cindy says, new cryptid, bunny goat man. <laughs> yeah. There's all kind of hybrid monsters out there now. Just like just like designer dogs, right? The Labradoodle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, yeah. if you can't get enough attention from one cryptid, let's just mix them all up. Well, you know, now that we said that, you know, there'll be a uh, new sci-fi movie coming out in six months. The bunny goat man. Yeah, that's right. Followed yeah. by the follow-up bunny goat man versus um, King Cobra bunny goat it's man so versus good. mega shark bunny yeah, goat man yeah. versus, versus yeah. tomato. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully Cindy gets some royalties off that. Yeah, if she doesn't, we'll, we will definitely protest. We will not watch the sci-fi <laughs> right. version of her story. Uh-huh. So that really kind of wraps up the whole Bunny Man, you know, saga yeah. for the evening. It was, you know, yeah. nice to take a little walk on a urban legend and kind of get back on this and see if we could actually still do a show without falling apart. <laughs> and as Gary so kindly put it, we were a little rusty. We apologize for that, and thanks for that, <laughs> bringing that to light, Gary. So, but yeah, hopefully we could get back on track and and start getting our weekly show back and up and running. I mean, we've been like 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 Chad had mentioned, what well, we both had mentioned a little bit earlier, between you know our. our professional and personal lives and, and, and trying to work with these other uh, networks and stuff like that. It's things have been busy, busy, busy. And we've tried so hard and believe me, it's not like we've just been focusing on other stuff. We've talked, we, we talk every week, every day, practically. And all we keep, all right, we're going to work on the show, work on the show, work on the show. And then something comes up and something comes up and something comes up and it's just, one thing after the other. So again, we do from the bottom of our hearts, we do really, we really do apologize. It's not like we wanted to put this off. We, this, this is our passion. We love talking about this stuff. We love go going out looking for all this stuff. Um, whenever we can, you know, it's not like we're out there all the time. I'm not, I'm not going to say that's what we're doing, but you know, we try, we, we try and make our, our passion something more than it is. And sometimes it's difficult, but, we do appreciate all you guys for sticking around. I see a lot of familiar names popping up in the chats. Um, so again, thank you all for always coming back and tuning in. You guys are awesome. So we, we will try harder to, uh, to get a, a show in. So hopefully we'll see you again next week. Chad. Oh, I was just going to let you hang like you did to me earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I told you Mr. I was trying I to keep up with the comments. Mr. I don't like dead air just lets me sit here. It's okay. I see how it is. <laughs> but uh, oh, yeah, so it, it was great seeing and you know talking to all you guys and seeing some new faces in here. And we appreciate it, like Les said. And 
definitely be working on, you know, some new shows and some new ideas. And yeah, like we said earlier, we do have some stuff in the works once we kind of get it to the point where we're ready to bring it to the public and, you know, release it. You guys will be the first ones to hear about it. And Mm -hmm. hopefully it's something that interests, you know, everybody and something we can all kind of keep this, you know, going with. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. But, but with like most of the it. things we do, it's going to take time. So again, please be patient. And like Chad said, this is completely self-funded between he and I. We don't have any patronage or anything like that. We, you know, do it out of our own pockets because we enjoy it and we just love spending time with everybody and interacting with you all. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can get something good or better out of this, you know. Also, please remember to check out beastofbritain.com and check out yeah, Andy's beasts, podcast. Plural, plural, beasts. Not beast. Oh, beasts excuse of me. Britain. I think. Excuse me. I, I mean, I, I designed the site. I, I, I think that's the domain. Let me double check. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is, actually. <laughs> but yeah, definitely give Andy's uh, podcast a listen. You know, he's gotten some really good guests on there and, you know, eventually we may honor, you know, him with our presence and, or he comes on with us again, hopefully soon. Yeah. <laughs> I miss Andy. Yeah. Yeah. But he's it's like, his, he's doing, why, why is this not coming up? He has a very sweet, you know, British accent. So, you know, definitely makes the show sound smarter. Yeah. That's true. That's true. He always, he always pretends like it doesn't, but we all know it does. <laughs> yeah. So he doesn't have the Schuylkill County accent that Les and I have, even though I've lived out of there long enough not to have it anymore. It, it never leaves you. Never leaves you. There we go. Finally got the damn thing to work. If I if I knew how to spell, I guess that's my problem. They're That's also a county trait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not very educated. No, we educated. We just can't spell. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, check that out. Andy's a great guy, and he's got a lot of good guests on his show. Uh, a lot of good in- interviews and whatnot. So, oh, so before we go, if there's any topics that you guys would like to hear more about, you could contact us. Uh, let me bring up the agenda. You could find us at our website at www.explorersgroup.com. Check, go to the contact section and get in touch through Twitter at Explorers Group. Facebook, facebook.com backslash Explorers Group. Uh, send us a PM or something. Let us know what you'd like to hear. And again, we are on Instagram, instagram.com backslash Explorers Group. Or you could email us at encounters at explorersgroup.com. Uh, again, we are on iTunes, and we're trying to build that uh, domain, if you know, as much as we can. So go to iTunes, search Explorer Seekers of the Truth, and leave us a, a Bigfoot, Bigfoot, Bigfoot. That's right, Cindy. You know, we're, we're, we do have a story that we were trying to work on before. We just didn't get all the pieces uh, in it. But I think the next topic that we're going to talk about is Bigfoot in Western Pennsylvania, and then we're going to try and segue out of that for the next show to be uh, Bigfoot UFO Connection, all within that Kecksburg area, Allegheny Mountain Chain area of Western Pennsylvania. Um, there's a lot of activity that's going on 
that has gone out there throughout the years and, and even up until the present. So we want to talk a little bit about that. And maybe we could get uh, one of our friends on the show from out that area who's more familiar with it. And uh, he could kind of, uh, you know, give us some more. Gary, his name is Argo, who, Bigfoot? Bigfoot's name is Argo? Got to give us a little bit more than that little teaser, Gary. But, uh, yeah, so those are some show ideas we have. So we definitely want some more Bigfoot in there, some more paranormal uh, stuff. Uh, we, we might do another paranormal, like, personal stories like we did before because, like, uh, when Chuck had asked about, you know, had we ever seen anything, there's so much that we had experienced. Um, so, you know, more stuff. Just, it's just getting the time to put it all together and fleshing out the notes and all that stuff. And, and it's, it just it takes time, like I said, so... We will, we will try, try to get some more out there to you. But yeah, go to iTunes, help us out there, and please, if you like our show, share it with your friends. Tell your friends about us. Just try and help spread the word. Because like like we said before, we're not making any money off this. It's not like we're trying to become rich and famous. We just like to interact with more like-minded people. Everybody, we've had the the uh, you know the pleasure to, to uh, communicate with. You guys all are awesome, and we've become such an awesome little family here at Explorer Seekers of the Truth with you all. So again, thank you. I'm not going to draw this out anymore because Lord knows I could I could really draw a show out <laughs> with rambling nonsense. So good night, everybody. Chad, any any last good words? Night. Good no, night. Don't, don't, don't phrase it like that. That sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you would like to say? How about that? All right. So from both Chad and I, everybody, good night. See you again.